And here we go, the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. My name is Eddie Cohn. Obviously, I'm the host, the creator of the Spiritual Spiral. I'm thrilled you're here today. I had to kick my cats out of the studio so I could record this, uh, so I could record this intro. So welcome to the show. Thrilled you're here. Got a wonderful conversation with my friend Cameron Morgan. He is a musician, guitar player, living up in Portland. And sorry a little bit for the delay with this. I actually spoke to Cameron about two weeks ago, the week that, actually the week after Eddie Van Halen died. But I have been very, very busy sort of teaching myself some video editing and programming. I, I released a new single on Bandcamp called Freedom. And so I've been really sort of in the midst of marketing the song. You can listen, by the way, at eddiecone.bandcamp.com. And this connects to my conversation with Cameron, and, and I'll we'll listen to the conversation in a second. But, you know, we live in a day and age now where, and I'm thinking about two things here before the conversation with Cameron. We live in such an apathetic world where people just don't care. And I think to myself as an artist and a musician and a podcaster, how do you get someone to care about what you're doing? And I think other than like what Cardi B is doing, where you're really over the top and obscene, how do you get someone's attention anymore? And it's like, I, I made this, this record that I'm, I'm going to release singles over the next like four or five months and eventually release the record sometime next year. But Cameron and I talk about this. It's like, it's not enough to be a musician or a singer or songwriter. Um, you've got to do the marketing and the PR and shoot videos and do photography. And, and I do think it's part of the reason why music isn't as good as it used to be. Because artists have to spend hours doing all this other stuff, which takes them away from writing really great songs. And even if you do write a great song or record a great record, then, then how do you get people to even listen? So I, I'm, I, this is sort of why it took me some time to edit this conversation with Cameron, because I've just been in the midst of doing some other things to try to promote my song. And, and I've got other songs that I'm still promoting and trying to figure out how to promote, and I'm finishing up the record. So there's just all these sort of variables happening. So hence the delay in the release of this podcast. So it's a great conversation about artistry, music, and I specifically wanted to talk to Cameron about Eddie Van Halen. I, I recorded a podcast, my last one, about sort of the influence that Eddie had on my life, but I do think we are losing some icons that influenced millions of people. Even last night, I was watching Heart on YouTube singing this Led Zeppelin song, this Led Zeppelin song, singing Stairway to Heaven. And I see Robert Plant and Jimmy Page in the crowd watching. I mean, these, these are icons that just influence millions of people. And it's just really kind of sad when we lose Prince and David Bowie and Chris Cornell and now Eddie Van Halen. And, and I just, I wanted to take a momentary pause and not only record a podcast where I talk about it um, a couple weeks ago, but then have Cameron on the show and, and see how it impacted him. And we also talk about just artistry and music in general, and it's a great talk. And, and Cameron actually played some guitar on some of my last um, singles I released in 2019. He actually played guitar on my last record in 2014. So I just thought it would be really cool to reconnect with him and talk about music, talk about Eddie, and just the craft of singing and writing songs. So if you enjoy the show, remember, please head over to iTunes, give it a review, give it a five star, or share the show with your friends. Tell them about the show. Tell them how much you enjoy it. Uh, you can find me at iameddiecone.com. You can also listen, as I said, to my latest single, Freedom, at eddiecone.bandcamp.com. You can find Cameron on Instagram at cmosounds. Any questions, want to reach out to me, you can find me at Eddie Cohn on Instagram. I have a wonderful conversation with author Professor Sarah Willen that I'm going to be 
I'm going to be speaking with her actually tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to be speaking with her this week, so that podcast should be released in a couple weeks. Um, but that's it. As always, thank you so much for listening, supporting, and being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral. And again, thanks to Cameron for taking the time to speak with me. I hope you enjoy, I hope you enjoy the conversation. Me and Cameron talking music, Eddie Van Halen, and the craft of songwriting. So enjoy. Hey, hey. Yo, yo, man. Yo, yo, yo. How you doing? Crazy. Yeah, this is good. This is great. And you're like, you're like one minute early. Well, is I can call back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing my dad was always really um, a stickler for and a lesson I'll never forget is just being on time. Yeah. So I was always... Like that was always something for me that was always really important. So, and seen you in a while. I know it's been a long time. You look good. You look all rocked out. Oh my god, that's what a pandemic will do for you. <laughs> so, uh, no haircut or anything, you know. Yeah, but you know, so. being being good, being a guitar player, that that's there's no rules, you know. I you know the my show I think about the impact of tech on our lives and one thing I've talked about ad nauseum is how Spotify has has dramatically impacted the way the music industry works. So I know as a musician, uh, as somebody who plays gigs, that how has how has the pandemic affected your day to day performance aspect of of you know making a living as a musician? Early on, I, just like all the other musicians out there, you know, I had a probably forty dates through the year, you know, and then those those were all canceled. Had some tours canceled. It was going to be a really strong year, and you know, March by March, they were gone. And I've done three gigs since March. Yeah. Not one date on the calendar for the rest of the year. So there's nothing. This is the biggest wash ever. And then uh, next year I have some stuff, but it's crazy. I I talked to my friends in L.A. and they're all struggling and uh, I feel bad for everybody. It sucks for everybody. So I've just kind of, you know, try to reinvent myself and it's the this whole thing has been actually really good for me it's been horrible and good at the same time yeah. you know put my my priorities and my perspectives more in balance i i think i'm actually more more happier now not run into rehearsals not run into gigs not run into having to learn a bunch of music i didn't realize how burnt out i was getting Hmm. So, so all that anxiety of constantly having to be on all the time is lifted and it's amazing. I just feel so much better in general as a person, you know, I still love music. I still want to play music, but I'm not going to go back to three and five gigs a week like I was. Yeah. So I guess I'm, I, I don't want this to get really political because unfortunately if I give an opinion, it suddenly becomes political, but I guess I feel the same in the sense that um, I, I have navigated and really do seem to be enjoying most of the aspects of my life right now. And I'm not burning out on stuff that really isn't important to me, only working on projects that interest me creatively um i'm just like consciously avoiding people and energy that just don't really um make me feel make me feel and it's not even that i'm trying to get something from from anybody at all i just you just sort of realize from during something like this which people really matter yeah i get that i feel that as well yeah 
I've, I've actually feel like I've lost some friends throughout the last five, six months. Um, I think I've also realized the people that reach out, um, it's very rare that somebody reaches out to me just to like say hello and check in. I don't, I don't know. Do you, do you make those phone calls to people or like check in with people or is that not really what you do? I'm trying to do more of that actually instead of texting people that I care about. And I, I, I called a friend on his birthday and, and he said, he said, you're the first person that's called me in months. You know, I've had two friends I called and, I said, and everybody's texting. He's like, everybody's sick of the text. And I was, I was kind of shocked, you know, that I don't like talking on the cell. I hate talking on the phone, Yeah. you know, but I'm, a, I'm trying to make a point of calling certain people. You know, there are people in, I'm sure in everybody's lives that you get them on the phone and they just won't shut up and, and it's not a conversation. So I don't talk, I don't call those people, but the people that I can call and have actual back and forth with, I, I will call them. You know, so. that's a really good point because I've actually have reached out to, I'm really aware of, of that. And that might be the reason why I've stopped reaching out to people because it's so like 95% of the time I reach out to people and they only talk about themselves. And I'm just sort of, and not that, I don't know, it's just, it's interesting. No, it's, it's a thing. Yeah, it's definitely a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I want to learn something. Like if I, if if I'm gonna call you, you know, I want to. I don't need to talk about my crap. It's not important, you know. So yeah, but there aren't too many. I, I just need. I need to work on that myself. Calling more people. There's a. You know, it's harder to keep up with everything in day to day life. You know, but I think it's important. The human connection, because we're losing that as a as a culture and as a society. So, and since we're not playing gigs, uh, you don't see all your musician buddies and, you know, that's kind of like, for me, that's the time that I hang out and go out and, and actually socialize is going to the rehearsal or, or, you know, cutting up in the rehearsal and goofing off and going to the gig. That's like playtime, you yeah. know? And so that's gone. So I'm, yeah, trying to break out of the hermit shell that I like to be in and I like being isolated. It's fine for me because I get more done. So by not having the phone on and ch checking the checking the news and checking all the crap, I get more done. So I'm I'm kind of weird that way, I guess. You know, my 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 girlfriend, my lady calls me a crab, a cancer crab. That's my zodiac sign. So I'm the crab. I like to go into my little home and wrestle and play with my toys and. And let me play my guitars and whatever, and just leave me alone, kind of thing. So, yeah. But you, there's got to be a balance. And, it, you know, I'm thinking also, I was just listening to a podcast about like the effects of technology and I just I read this word pernicious and it's it's sort of like this degradation of of culture but it's sort of like you don't notice it right away and you know I think when when the iPhone comes out and Facebook comes out and Instagram comes out it it feels like oh wow these these things could potentially be like wonderful but then as Four or five years go by, I'm starting to think that they're actually the, the negative is is outweighing the, the positive. And I think sort of to what you're talking about, you know, I, I see people don't call me much anymore. And when I talk to somebody on the phone, and I think I have a relatively interesting life, but 99% of the time they're just blabbing all about themselves. And I can tell they will then turn it around for a moment and ask about me, but then I start talking about myself and I can tell they're not paying attention. So I'm like, why the fuck do I want to tell you anything when I can see you're not listening? People aren't talking, people aren't, uh, they're just texting and sending DMs. And, and I just, I think it's really uprooted, just basic human decency and function. Do you agree? Do you agree or do you disagree or? 
agree. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I worry about, you know, kids that are teenagers and in their twenties and it, I see it in s- students that I've had and, uh, the concentration is not there and the focus isn't there. Um, cause everybody's in their phone and living in their phone and there's a reality that's happening all around us that is not in the phone. So, um, I try to get off the social media as, as well. It's, it's weird. Like for me, like I'll, I'll get off it and everybody thinks that I'm out of sight, out of mind. Cameron's Cameron's he's gone again. We don't know what happened to him in this, this virtual realm. And then I'll poke in and I'll post something and then it sucks me in. Yeah. And then, and then I'm, I'm back on it for a few days and I'm like, shit, I just lost, you know, 10 hours this week scrolling and, and you know, like, so um, it's not a, it's basically almost a waste of time because I lose that time and I'm, my life is not really getting enriched. You know, if I'm seeing it, it's all like on my feed, it's uh, I don't like usually stop to snooze anybody, you know, so I've got, I try to keep people, I try to keep, so the AI is not generating what it thinks I want to watch. Yeah. So I'll see people from, you know, that I grew up with and in all facets of my life, all their political views. And it's amazing that most of the stuff that comes in my feed is kind of opposite of what, how I think and feel. And it's interesting to, to see how everybody responds. So I kind of, I kind of leave that as so it gives me perspective of what the other side is thinking of what I believe. So I'm not feeding my ego or feeding, you know, it's not making me feel better because, oh, my all my friends believe the same thing I do. Yeah. So I check in. So more it's 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 like almost it makes me feel like crap because all a lot of people I care about, I don't agree with what they say but I at least know what's going on and what they're thinking about. And then I, I got to bounce and then I, I won't check in for a month or so. But like when the Eddie thing happened, you know, I posted my thing and, uh, and then man, it, it just, you know, then I got to check cause all my, all my child, this, the Eddie thing really hit was cause, uh, all my child, all my childhood friends, that knew me as a kid playing and all my guitar buddies from when I was a little kid, it like brought us all together, you know, like I hadn't talked to these people in 25, 30 years. And like, these are, you know, so that was really cool. And so I was back on Facebook, just scrolling Eddie, 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 Eddie. And that was wonderful. Cause like, there was like every little post was about Eddie. I was like, Oh, I, 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 I couldn't believe that. He had an impact on, on so many people, you know, and like, I didn't think it was that big of an impact, you know, and that's great. And then, but the, the addiction part of the going to Facebook and checking it, like I've been checking it the last three or four days, you know, and then I got to get back off because it's not healthy because then I'm just in mourning and constantly, because I'm constantly reminded, you know, about that. And I don't think it's really healthy for me to be in mourning, you know, 24-7 about somebody I didn't know, but somebody that I looked up to as a hero, yeah. you know, that whole time. And so someone texted me, a friend friend texted me. Uh, he's like, did you hear the news? And I'm like, oh, shit, what, what, is, what is the news? You know, like, like we don't need another catastrophe, and, you know. And I, and I went on, I went on Facebook and there it was, you know, and the first thing I thought when I saw that news, it was just like, I knew it was coming. I didn't know when it was coming, but it was fuck. Yeah. That's, that's just what hit me. And so for two days, probably I was, that's what came to me. I was in denial, you know? So I was just trying to, uh, it, it didn't happen. You know, I was in denial basically. And you know, the last few days after that, it's been hitting me harder and harder and harder. So let me try and preface this because I do want to talk to you about Eddie and stories and that word hero. 
I remember when I've always not liked it when somebody passes away and then like that day and the next day, people just are obviously running onto Facebook and writing R.I.P. David Bowie or R.I.P. Ruth Ginsburg or Prince or whomever. And, and I never really understood why it bothered me. But I think because Chris Cornell had passed away a few years ago and, and he was one of my heroes. Um, and I came close to posting a photo of Chris and I was going to write something. And, and then I realized when Eddie passed away, I think what I don't like is that some of these people are literally heroes to me and impacted the way that I live my life, like creatively. And somehow when I see these little posts, it feels like it diminishes it all in this weird sort of way because we're not, we're not telling stories. We're not telling personal experiences. Now, I realize you actually did, but, so I, but I'll quickly before I ask about that, I just feel like it... it it somehow just doesn't really honor. It's a, it's like it's a quantity thing. People are running to Facebook and just sort of like announcing it. Although I'm going to see it in the news anyway. Why do I care what you know? You're why are you posting R.I.P. Eddie? You know I loved you or something. It's just so. It comes across as just being petty and small in my mind because these people very often. I mean, I, I could tell you 30, 50 stories about my having posters on the wall and studying music and studying, you know, I didn't get into Van Halen until 1984, ironically, when I was 11 or 12. So I didn't know anything about like eruption in Van Halen 1, 2. And when David Lee Roth left, I didn't really care because I actually thought Sammy Hagar, I, I thought their songwriting actually got better when he was in the band but I I don't we don't have to like talk about that but so then I saw your post and it actually there was like thought about some of the intricacies of, of Eddie Van Halen and how he impacted your life so I guess to sort of focus it a little bit it at the age of like when did you start playing and then when did Eddie sort of come across your periphery periphery where you were like, I, I, I'm really interested in what he's doing. Well, it was, uh, I think I pretty much knew of him on the first record when I was probably four or five. Oh, wow. And so, uh, that, that cover, I heard it in my parents' record store. So my parent, I grew up in a record store behind, behind the counter and so that it actually scared me when i remember running with the devil and i thought oh that's it scared me i couldn't listen to it i went and pull pull it off the record and and uh i didn't listen to it for a long time like i just i just it was like the de i thought it was devil music or something yeah I, I mean that's the little kid in me so i started playing guitar probably like seven, seven or eight. And it was all, I learned how to play. I was, I started on Neil Young. So my mom was playing Neil Young songs and Joni Mitchell songs. And that's how I learned music and, and Beatles. So I learned how to strum, play chords and things like that. So that was like the first two or three years. And then and then all the rock, the hard rock, you know. So I'd say, you know, I, I had a pretty gr good grasp on chordal things. And, uh, you know, so I'd do, I was into Zeppelin and all the classic rock and all that stuff. And got real into Clapton, Cream, Jeff Beck, Hendrix and all that stuff. And then around that same time is when I started getting way in. And then the whole hard rock metal thing that, like, Anybody in our similar age range in the 80s, we that's what we were into. It was Def Leppard and it yeah. was, you know, it was Pyromania. And, and like for me, it was like, you know, Billy Idol, Rebel Yell and, and you know, like really great rock. I, I was totally into, I mean, I think 82, 83 is the magical years in music you had. 
and 83, like these were, in, these were like impactful records of me as a person and as a musician. Like in 83, you had 1984 Van Halen came out at the end of the year. You had Prince Purple Rain, mm. had Police Synchronicity. So for me being nine years old, eight, nine years old, that was, that's like, this is what I want to do the rest of my life. This, this is it. Like, Eddie is the guy, you know, I want to play guitar like this. I want to be Prince. I want to be, you know, all these, I want to be all these cats in one person. So that's, that's what got me. Like I was already into music and I already loved it and I already wanted to play it. But like he showed me the path. Hmm. Like this is like, the other thing is, is that it's uh it's the joy. There's a joy in Van Halen. There's like this party, good time vibe. And you just, you just don't get that in music now, or it's just a rare commodity to where it was like to see a guy just smiling and having the time of his life. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that was more important than anything because th these guys are having fun. I yeah. mean, look at any of the early Van Halen clips, look at any live clips. Those guys are having fun. And like, man, I want to have some fun. You know, I want to play my guitar and have some fun and not, you know, and, and him, that him passing has made me focus on that more because I think I lost that as a, musician coming up trying to work and be and be a professional musician like i think i've lost like when you're always being a sideman or or doing somebody else's project you're doing a job you know mm. and i think i lost the artistry of just me being a happy person or a happy musician like just being me so i think I lo i've lost that and so it kind of this whole year encapsulates that why why are you doing all these things and and so the a huge thing that i've thought about it is like you know eddie was authentic in every which way he created music in his way and no one else created music in that way you know so like when all of our heroes died or my heroes or whatever you know tom petty died bowie Prince, Chris Cornell, all these guys, all those guys did music in their, their own way, you know, and that to me is what makes them special. They have their own sound. And I think we're losing that, like, as, as a culture. And as when you turn on the radio, you don't, you don't hear the artistry of an artist, you know, like, of any of those guys, they are like Freddie Mercury or even Madonna or George Michael or any of these people that were mega stars, you know, in the eighties, they all had a thing, you know, I'm not the world's biggest Madonna fan, but that was just, you know, she was gigantic. You remember Michael Jackson? Madonna? It's like, come on now. What, where did all that go? Where did all this artistry go? Great, great question. You know, I think to myself, and I and I, I don't mean to get negative here, but, you know, you bring up people like Eddie Van Halen and Prince and Madonna. They all have an image. There's obviously a sexuality component to their music, but they're, they were all craftsmen and craftswomen. Yeah. And then when I think of like, a, and I think to myself, you know, these people like Madonna, Prince, Chris Cornell, Eddie Van Halen, they are inspiring people to yep. get better and to learn the craft of singing, songwriting, and playing guitar or drums or even dance. Right. And I think, what is Cardi B inspiring people to, to do? And, and I think instead of people getting better at the craft of songwriting or artistry, people are spending the vast majority of their time trying to get followers, 
trying to think of interesting ways to get attention. And that's why I, it's one of the reasons why I believe the music just isn't as good now as it used to be, because I remember when I was in the studio making a couple records actually in a studio, the, the record I'm making now, I'm, I'm like in my project studio at home, but there, there were no phones, there were no distractions. I, I think of Led Zeppelin or Aerosmith making their first records. I mean, they didn't give a fuck about like Instagram and it, they just worked on their craft. Well, <laughs> you're smiling. Not, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, I think that the time that's spent chasing followers and influencing and doing all those things, if you just spent that time on your craft and your songwriting, you'd, we'd all be so much farther along now. There's, we have every possible tool to make any type of record. You can do anything now with technology. It's amazing. So whatever you can dream up, you can do it. So why why aren't we doing that? There should be so much ama more amazing music happening now because we have more tools than we ever had. You don't have to have a record deal. You don't have to be rich to own a bunch of gear. You can you can get you a lot. You can you can get in for under five hundred bucks and make music that sounds pretty dang good. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I, it's <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't get it. I'm wondering if what's the deal with rock music? Like, is I mean, I also was greatly influenced by Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, Nirvana. Are, is is rock music like basically dead? I hope not, but I I hope that with, with Eddie passing that maybe there's a more of awareness awareness to bring guitar solos and guitar music or rock back into the consciousness because it 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 really seems like it's waned it goes in cycles all the time but I mean if you look at the history of music the the last big rock cycle was the grunge movement you know and you know maybe Maybe in the like the next movement was maybe like Queens of the Stone Age, and you had like stoner rock. There's been you know there's there's pockets that happens a little bit, but it's not. I I don't know. I wish I wish that there was more, and and I I kind of like am reinvigorated to kind of tap into that joy of my 12 year old self and and rock out. I mean I I kind of feel that it's like it's time to rock out. And if you don't like it, I don't care. I don't care if you like it. You know, just make the music for the joy of it and not for the for the followers or for the fame. It, who cares? It's all it's it means nothing. You know? That's an interesting point though. I was just thinking as you were talking. I feel like there was this I'm trying to figure out how to explain this. I feel like it was all about the inspiration and or the experience that inspired the way artists made music or created something. And it does feel like that is not as much the source of the inspiration. The, it's getting clouded by, are people going to like it? Right. And... I totally agree with you a thousand percent. I think if we all just got back to just doing the music that you know we feel without having without the need for acceptance of it man we'd be so much farther along right now hmm. because there are there are a lot of amazing musicians that are happening in the world today that i think you know there could be bigger voices um it, to get back onto the rock thing, the to kind of touch on that, there's actually I, if you look in if you listen to country pop songs, if you listen to that, the production is it's like a rock band hmm. with a country singer, and I've I've spent some time in Nashville in and out the last few years, and I've hung out with some of those guys on sessions that play those records and. And they want to rock. They want 
they can rock. They they play Van Halen. They love Van Halen, and they love they love any guitar shred, and they can play it. There's so many guys that can do that stuff. So why aren't you guys doing that in Nashville? Like why? Where is it? A, there's a lack of front men that can like what happened to the to the sexual male singers that had the power and the mystique and the, you know, the swagger instead of, you know, some cowboys and some, it just, it just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem real to me. Hmm. Like, like you guys could be making, I've talked to these guys. They, they love that stuff. So why don't you guys do that? There's, there's, singers out there that can pull that off and 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 that i mean the record that if you listen to some of the production on these records it sounds sounds great yeah like i would i would just you know want to tap into the, the production of that and record a record in nashville and and just cut it live and do that i mean there's good engineers there's great producers i mean we have talent that can do all this stuff. It's just why, why are why are you chasing? I think everybody is chasing the golden pot, and there's only one or two people that can get the golden pot. So, quit chasing the golden pot and just just work on your own magic, you know, and create that and do that. And that's what all our I think that's when all of our these people are dying. I think that's what we're lamenting is because maybe we don't have those we don't have modern day heroes and so when bowie and when bowie passes and all these guys you're just like it's like man there aren't that many left you know there aren't there's nobody that i feel that is doing what my, my heroes had they didn't have the power and the mystique of the artistry of creativity and the magic. There's, there's no mystique and magic, you know, in, in what, that's what I want. And, and I would love to find that, but I, it's just not like a, it's just not there to me. Yeah. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I mean, I don't, other than, do you know Anderson Pack? Yeah, he's great. Other than, he's great. Other than him, I don't see, I don't know any artist that like I could see him inspiring boys and girls to like get better at singing and playing the drums. And like, there's something about him that I think he has that quality. Um, But outside of him, I feel like the, the the heroes today or the, or the, or the artists or musicians that people look up to are, are really more about like, what are they like their image or whatever they're, sharing on social media we're not really understanding how hard they work at their craft how many hours are are you putting the ten thousand hours in to to really get good at your at what you're doing you know i think there's some really really talented people that are out there and then the rest is a few tiers below there's some amazing musicians like you, you take Corey henry or uh there's this there's this uh, piano player her name is Dom- Domi Degal. Uh, she does a duo thing with this guy named JD Beck. They're they're probably 20 years old, and I think I think sh- she is really really immensely talented. And she's got a classical thing and a jazz thing, and and I think they they've actually done some stuff with Anderson Pack. Hmm. So so I think you know if you check that out. There's some that's something to get excited about. Um, there's always talent to be there, but let, let's just get back as a whole to to the artistry and creativity and 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 doing it for the joy of it. And I, I I'm taking my own what I'm saying. I'm I'm trying to live by that myself because I lost that myself trying to mm. next big gig do the hustle and. You know, I wasted a lot of years trying to, you know, work up the ladder, and and, and I I don't know how I got sidetracked, but I did. Mm-hmm. I guess you you just want to pay the bills, and you know, I got to play music. It's what I love, and and you know, 
as the the most recent years, I've just tried to, to to develop myself so I don't have to depend on being a professional musician, you know, by creating products and things like that. But well, you bring up something that I don't know I don't know about, but I do remember when I was like really into Van Halen in the this was probably early two thousands, maybe when Four Unlawful Carnal Knowledge came out. I started to read somewhere, probably it was in Circus Magazine or something, that Eddie was making guitars or, or creating gear or something. Can do you know better than I about what Eddie Van Halen was doing? Because I'm curious, because I know Eddie, you make your own pedals t- and things like that. So, uh, Eddie uh, has done created a lot of inventions for the guitar. You know, it's it's probably safe to say that he actually had a hand in the Floyd Rose tremolo and he didn't really get credit for it. He, I've, I've read that he, he actually worked with Floyd Rose and told him, no, do this and do this, do this. And then he kind of, you know, so that the Floyd Rose tremolo is basically, you got Eddie coming in and 77, 78, you got all these wild, crazy whammy dive bars and, and he's staying in tune and you couldn't, you couldn't before that time, you couldn't play an electric guitar and, live and dive bomb and do all these crazy things without going out of tune. So I would say that that was the first thing that he worked on or helped in was that detune a drop tuner that hits onto the Floyd and you, you turn the peg and it drops it down the E string down to a D. Right. You know, and he had his own guitar line, his own amp line through Fender. And, you know, he's, he's been help. He's been, uh, you know, he had the Kramer, the Kramer guitars, you know, he, I mean, there's a thing that to go back even further to when the first album came out, he was the, he was the, one of the first guys that put a humbucker on a Strat guitar body that would have had three single coils. He put a humbucker in the bridge. And so that was kind of a new thing. So he's, he started the whole trend of hot rotted strats, like they're called super strats. So that was through the 80s. Everybody wanted a super strat. And so he started a whole revolution in just innovation and guitars. And there's all this voodoo stuff regarding him and, and his sound. He, so his main amp, you know about the brown sound, right? No. What the brown sound So um, the brown sound is – so Eddie figured out – if you, uh, you know, when you crank a Marshall, his Marshall that it had, it sounds glorious, but you can't crank a Marshall everywhere you go because you're going to blow people's brains off. Right. So he he got this thing called a Variac that pulled the voltage down from 110, 120 volts to 80 volts. So you're raising the plate, uh, you're lowering the plate voltage. And so you're basically burning up the tubes in the amp much quicker but they sound really good so it it makes the uh, tone sag and compress it's just it just sounds really good and so the van halen sound that everybody copied or started copying and are still chasing that sound and you can get that sound now pretty close but that's how it was by he went to a hardware supply store or whatever got the variac and it's a you turn the knob and people do that today with attenuators. Yeah, try to do that. So, so he did. You know that was an amp thing, and then he designed amps or worked with uh, PV. Uh, did the fifty one fifty amp, and there's three versions of that amp now. Uh, I think Fender puts that amp out now, the EV, and he's done guitar lines of all his uh, recreations of guitars. It's a lot, a lot of stuff just on the inventor side of things. Yeah. And it's weird. Sometimes I get caught up in, wondering if you know people 
don't appreciate the artist anymore. Like, I, I agree with you. I, with this influx of tech, you know, I can use Apple Logic. I just kind of need to buy a, a decent preamp and a good mic, get Logic, you know, and I can get some music up on Spotify and, and, and there you go. But I, I think, strangely, I feel like Spotify and Netflix and it, it makes it feel like anybody can do it. And while that may be true, I think we have lost, like, who's really good at what they do. Right, right. That's true. Yeah, I think there's more, more, there's a million people making mediocre records or mediocre things, and it's hard to even get through the swamp of that for people to, to discover you, right? To, yeah. to find, hey, man, this cat's, this cat's great, man, check this out, you know? And that's still there, and I, I, I just think it's harder to to find to find the the nuggets. Yeah, you know? But you know what's interesting? I'm even thinking about this. Like, the only way that you could see like Van Halen or Led Zeppelin or Prince in the '90s, maybe even early 2000s, was to like actually you had to go to the show. Yeah, and. It sort of created this mystery and this strange desire where like you had to buy the ticket to be there and, and because you you like you had to be there to, to to see it to believe it and now it's like ah, I'll just type it up on YouTube and like that somehow like I feel like satisfies a lot of people's cravings in this sort of interesting way like it it it's it's so complicated but i do think all these things we've talked about ultimately has sort of just changed people's attitudes towards like how amazing eddie van halen was like guys like that just come around like every 30 40 40 years i mean it's 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 they're just um yeah it's just it's sad so do you, do you think people are going to want to hear live music next year? And you think people are going to come out in droves and because they're dying for the for the music? Do you think that? What do you think is going to happen? You know, it's a hell of a question. Um, and I'll just I'll, I'll I'm not going to try and dodge your question. I don't know, and the reason why I don't know is because fear is a powerful emotion, if it's an emotion. And, and the way that fear has been instilled in our culture over the last six, seven months, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I would like to think that people feel comfortable going to a Lakers game in droves, go to a Sigur Ross concert and and watch them. I, I just the the way the fear has been pushed nonstop, and then people love convenience. I mean, that's the other people love to just like sit on their couch and just like watch Netflix for ten hours. You know, are are, are the movie theaters going to be gone? I, I I'm I don't know. I really nothing would I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see movie theaters pretty much again. I wouldn't be surprised if Coachella is back in in two years. But I, I right now I don't. It, to me, it's it's a wild card. What, what do you what do you think? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I hope I hope <laughs> it would come back. Yeah. I I I have hope that it it will come back and maybe there can be a resurgence. Maybe you know. I don't know. It it would be nice. I mean, when are we going to be able to get on a plane and and leave the country? You know, or you know, there's no, you know, we're kind of restricted right now. Why are I don't know? Don't give me. I don't want to get on a tangent, political tangent, or you know, but. I don't know. I just hope that it, it's going to come back. I, I just, I, I really do. I don't know what, to, yeah. what else to say. Now, I can tell you that 
that a lot of the other thing is if we don't if 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 the restrictions don't lift there here in Oregon there's talk of 90% of the venues closing they're they're running out of money just to kind of you know stay afloat so i've seen it i've read other things where if 70 to 90% of music visit, you know music venues close then it's going to take a long time to even try to build that back up even when we do get back so that would be pretty devastating i think if if the venues are closing you know then we're going we're going we're going to be playing backyard parties and it's going to be like the early 1900s where you just play in the park and set up in the park and that can be cool too you know yeah you know i don't know it's i would say that's pretty scary i just try to just be the best person that i could be you know and and if there's and just spread that if i can help somebody or you know that's that's all i can do you know work on myself be a better person and and find happiness you know yeah all these horrible things have happened to so many of us and our livelihoods have been taken away from us but um this is the time when you reinvent yourself and create a create your new future you know i mean is i i think our future is going to change you know if 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 all the jobs are going to be remote jobs and people are going to flee they're going to flee the cities i i hear that so many people are leaving los angeles you know and i think all the big cities are going to people are fleeing big cities and they're just going to move to country have a higher quality of life you know and have some land, have a bigger house and get out of the rat race. And that would be interesting. Yeah. You know? What's the energy like up in, uh, in Oregon? I mean, cause when I watch the news, I mean, it, do you feel the fear and anxiety? Is it, is it um, nerve wracking to be around there? Are you thinking about leaving and, and getting out of there or are you? Um... Well, it's uh what you're seeing on the news is not it's not what's really happening there's i mean it's, it's changed so much now it's but it's i've gotten to arguments and i've lost friends over this hmm. you know it's uh i went to a couple protests it was totally peaceful Everybody was wearing masks. Yet Portland has remained with all these thousands of people going out for these protests. You didn't hear of a of a COVID spike or a rise in cases. Hmm. Wouldn't you think if we have all if all this anarchy is supposedly happening, you know, this Sodom and Gomorrah that's been reported on TV, wouldn't there be a rise in COVID cases? And both times I went out, everybody was wearing a mask. So we didn't get any uh, congratulations in the news. Like, man, they've really kept their numbers low. There's, you know, low, low, low. And we're still one of the lowest, you know, states and cities with, you know, percentage-wise. But the whole thing with the, the riots is, is that all that stuff that was reported on the news – was all around a three to four block radius. Hmm. Okay, it's not happening in the entire city. You know, there's parts of downtown that is rioting, and there's been, but it's not what you know. You go on a CNN and you see, you know, buildings on fire. It's not. It's not. Originally, it wasn't that. So what's happening now is you've got, I think you have people that are attaching themselves to a cause that just want to stir up shit. Or now you've just got people that want to stir up shit and cause a ruckus and they're attaching themselves to a movement. 
and they're the ones that are just doing the destruction and, and the you know tearing stuff up. Yeah, and it happened at night. This stuff is happening late at night. There are webcams. You can watch it. Uh, you can go on YouTube, and there's people that are filming them harassing cops, and they're just they're not a part of any. They're just trying to stir up crap. So now it's at the point where it's just not even pure anymore. I, to, for the first 60 so days, it was a pure movement. You know, it had a, had a focus and now it's not there. So I, I don't know how to respond to it now. It's different. The whole thing has changed. Yeah. And you, you got the election coming up and I think more people are freaked out about that as far as <laughs> what's going to happen. But walking down the street, uh, I live probably eight minutes from the, you know, the center of where all the riots were. And I think, yeah, it's still a little weird, but you know, people, you can still walk around in the neighborhood and people say hi and nod or whatever. Yeah. But you go to the store or you go anywhere, everybody's freaked out, stand too close and you know, and all that. So yeah, it's weird. I just try to find some happiness and other things and not go on Facebook to, to fuel that fire, you know, yeah. Oh my God, the world's going to end. You know, we're, we're, you know, there's that, you know? So, I'm sure we all have this level of anxiety of just, I mean, people, I think people are on edge and people are on edge basically in general. I mean, I hope, I hope it gets better. I don't know what else to do. Please, <laughs> please help me. Yeah, I think that's why a lot of people actually post sometimes, though, on Facebook, because they want to feel like other people connect with what they're feeling. And then you're feeling this anxiety. And when people like it or respond to it, it, it does sort of make you feel momentarily um, like part of something, I guess. But uh, I think everything that you're feeling, I think a lot of people are, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 um yeah, it's just a strange, strange time right now. It's just weird. So let's all make some music, man. <laughs> hey, man, I've spent the last six months uh, making a record. I'm almost, I'm almost done. Awesome. Yeah, I'm fucking really excited about it. You started writing it in the last six months. Both, I, 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 both. I just was so inspired by the world around me. Like, uh, just it felt like the end of the world. So I just. Um, just started writing and yeah, just record. Like I had no intention of, I, you know, whenever I finish a record, like the last one I did was five years ago, you actually played a couple songs on it. I, I just never know when I'm going to do another one, but then COVID hit and the lockdown hit and I'm just like, sort of like, what the fuck, you know? And, and then, you know, of course the whole George Floyd event happening, which created so much anxiety and fear and because the, the rioting here and the looting was really close to where we live so i, I felt a lot of anxiety <laughs> for sure I'd like to hear it it might be might be some good stuff uh, you know I'm, i'll you know something i'm going to send you the first single tonight i'll email it as soon as we get off because i'm going to release it uh here's the weird thing and i'll let you go i've put so much work into these songs and then when you sort of like let them out into the world and they sort of, you don't know what's going to happen. And of course you want people to like it, but it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm dreading that whole thing. I'm trying to like hold on to them as, as long as I can, I guess. I think that's awesome, man. Just, uh, release it with no fear. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You don't need people to love it. You sound like you're excited and energized by it. So so let it out. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, we're mixing and mastering it right now, but we finished 
the the record will come out probably next year, but I'm I'm gonna just release singles for like four months or so, and so I'm gonna release this first one in the next month. But I'll send it to you t- tonight, and because uh, I actually it's I, I'm actually really excited by it. I, I I think it's really great. So awesome. Yeah. Um, well, ironically, it was face your your fucking post on Facebook that made me reach out. So, uh, for better or for worse, I'm. Yeah. Yes, it worked. <laughs> um, social media. Yeah, man. Well, um, I don't know, dude. It was really nice to talk to you and see you. And yeah, uh, man, it was fun. Yeah, I always always enjoy your conversation and your company and. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget this. Sh- we did a couple shows up in Portland too, which which were fun. How long ago was that? Ten years ago? I think I, that was ten years ago, maybe. No, I'm guessing. I, the record what came out and actually maybe a, I don't know which. Maybe yeah, you're right. It was probably ten years ago. Wow. Yeah. Time flies. It does, dude. Really goes fast. Well. um Thanks for being on your show and uh, yeah, first time I've ever done a podcast. So hopefully I didn't say anything too too uh, too out. <laughs> no, not at all. You did very well. I've I've had people where I asked them on and they're just like a deer in headlights. They're just they seem terrified. So um, all right, yeah. Thanks for having me on and uh, uh, you know, stay in touch. Definitely. I always like talking to you and seeing you. So it was really, I really appreciate it, man. Okay. Cool. All right. Take care, man. And uh, I'd love to hear the new stuff. I'm going to send it to the next hour. Okay. Later, dude. Thanks again. Bye. All right.